Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Surviving Empathy. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bry Comedy, and that is spelled B-R-Y. And you can always simply search uh, Surviving Empathy Podcast. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I am going to talk about balance. The yin to the yang. Up versus down. Push versus pull. Dark versus white. Etc, etc, etc. This big, long talk... Uh, has a really solid point and I want you guys to uh, get something from this. Uh, I really uh, thought very hard about this and I came to a place where I feel like I figured out our the political discourse in our lives, I figured out socioeconomics and I'm, I'm ready to tell you I think what's wrong and how to solve it. So <laughs> there you have it. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, grab yourself a beverage and a snack. Get comfortable. This is about an hour and a half of me uh, talking and losing my voice. But I think this is a really overdue episode because it, it really uh, hits at the heart of what's going on in our culture today. And that is all the infighting, all the fighting between left versus right, all the divisiveness and hate out there. Uh, I think I finally figured out what's going on and how to solve it. I don't think I have all the answers, but I do feel like I'm figuring stuff out and I want to share it with you. So, yeah, let's get ready and let's begin. Well, hello, folks. Welcome to another episode of Surviving Empathy. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bry Comedy. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk about something just a little bit different. Um, there's been a few things going on in my life that got me to think about things in a different light. And uh, I'll share with you uh, examples of what I mean, and then we'll go into it a little bit. So um, the thing is, I've got a little bit of a headache today, so uh, bear with me if I'm a little bit all over the place, but I'm going to try my best to tackle this subject uh, in a in a way that it deserves, because it deserves the attention uh, of our most mature and sensible uh, balance, you know, um, because that's what life is. Life is always about balance. Life is about homeostasis. We're always trying to find this balance between uh, not too strong and not too soft, um, you know, not too smart, but not too dumb, you know, whatever, you know, but, but that's what homeostasis is. It's our body's way of trying to maintain a natural order, a natural working balance to our, you know, to our body's systems. And, um, and I think the same can be said for, um, everything in life requires balance. You know, it's the whole yin yang thing. Uh, the yin to the yang. We, you know, if you go too far one way, uh, you're missing out on the other uh, side to things. If you go one, too far the other way, you're missing on that other. And so we're always trying to kind of salt and pepper things in just the right balance, but not in a way that's heavy handed. And so today I ended up, um, well, first, um, I got into a conversation with one of my friends slash one of the fans of the show. <clears throat> and she was talking about um, uh, the military. Uh, we we got to talking about sports um, and and football and boxing and MMA and all these things. And she was asking me essentially what my favorite sport is and why. And um, I was telling her that baseball is my favorite sport because uh, it's a non-violent sport. And um, it's one of the few sports where the more aggressive or the more angry you get doesn't necessarily improve your performance, whereas something like football or boxing or MMA or something, 
it if you get more aggressive you become pretty much stronger and better at the sport where baseball requires finesse it's that hand eye coordination um and sure golf is the same way but um i find baseball a little bit more traditional and old school and um it's kind of like america's pastime and uh, while i have nothing against the other sports either um what we were talking about essentially was um why i like baseball versus the other sports and so what came out of that conversation was <clears throat> my trying to explain to her that i believe there's been too much violence in our society um and and then that kind of got into another conversation and so I want to kind of set it all up for you. And so I got to thinking about violence in our culture. Um, we uh, now are living in a society where it gets increasingly easy to go too far left or too far right uh, in terms of politics and policy and in terms of heavy handedness or not heavy handed enough. And so I got to thinking about, okay, first of all, <clears throat> the reason why I'm a fan of baseball for example and not as much because i used to love football um for me football kind of represents my grandfather and it reminds me of our time together and so i have a soft spot for american football um but it's still i'm bothered by the fact that uh we're sort of as culturally okay with the violence of it right um and we're also okay with uh the traumatic head injuries that uh, are often uh, the case with these football players. And over time, um, they end up with a lot of problems. And so I have a problem with that, right? Um, but the thing of it is, is that uh, that would end up infuriating some people because they think, oh, God, don't be a pussy, right? Well, here's the thing. Uh, MMA culture. Um, back, I grew up uh, in California on the Central Coast. <clears throat> and... Uh, we, I grew up in a town where uh, the famous uh, MMA fighter Chuck Liddell is from, okay? And I, in fact, I used to deliver pizzas to his house way, way back in the day before he was famous. He was just getting famous at the time. And um, what that created was a huge culture, <clears throat> a culture, an MMA culture. And while I have nothing against mixed martial arts as a sport, um, I have nothing against martial arts. In fact, I was in judo and karate when I was young. Um, I have a problem with when something becomes so popular, it creates a lot of um, zealots. It creates a lot of wannabes. And it creates this buzz and energy around something. And while that sometimes can be a good thing, in this particular case, what it created is every person, every guy uh, <clears throat> knew about MMA and it created a culture around MMA in such a way where uh, all males thought they were tough. It was creating this negative buzz. It was creating every guy uh, in the world uh, was forgetting their kinder, gentler sensibilities because everybody wanted to be like Chuck Liddell, you know, tough and a fighter. And while I have nothing against being tough and being a fighter, um, there are socioeconomic and sociopolitical and uh, psychological implications if we get too tough or too soft as a, as a society. I don't say that three times fast. But the point is, is that it got my head thinking about toughness versus softness <clears throat> and and um, violence versus peace, etc. And um, I come from 
the old school ways. You know, I grew up in the, uh, I was a junior NRA member. Um, my grandfather, ta- my grandfather taught me, um, guns and gun safety and how to shoot. <clears throat> and, uh, back in those days, it was not a left wing or right wing thing. It was just what everybody did. My grandfather was a hunter. And, um, <clears throat> now that we're becoming more evolved, uh, as a species, as a society, we're, kind of becoming, uh, everything's becoming like left wing versus right wing and tough versus uh, wimpy, if you will, you know? <clears throat> and um, the thing of that is, is that uh, not everything uh, it can be explained in an all or nothing way. There's much more nuance to life than that. And we're all trying to create, uh, I think, the best society that we can. And so it got me thinking about how uh, that meme <clears throat> that I talked about the other day with uh, Joe Rogan, where um, it says a weak, weak society creates weak men and a tough society creates tough men, right? But what we're forgetting <clears throat> is that uh, if, if life and the times become too tough, uh, it breaks people's will, uh, negative reinforcement. It creates a society where... Um, perhaps it might radicalize some people. It might turn some people into psychopaths because um, they're becoming radicalized, because they're becoming, maybe they're getting bullied too much, or maybe they um, spent too much time around hunters and fighters, and and, and uh, they can't make the grade, and so they, they turn to violence as an answer. Um, there's a, many, a lot of different reasons why that could happen. But on the other hand, uh, if we uh, create a society that's too weak, uh, people don't learn uh, the <clears throat> they don't learn the value of inner strength. They don't learn the value of determination, and they don't learn the value of uh, if, of toughness. You know, and so where do you draw that line? You know, because I think you know as I think about this, <clears throat> uh, not only do I think about the soft versus hard. Uh, aspects to life but uh, how that has become politicized nowadays it's like uh the, all the hunters are republican and all the uh non-violent peaceful types are uh you know democrat or liberal you know um but there's a lot of overlap there that we're not thinking about because not every democrat um is you know i know a lot of democrats who are gun owners responsible gun owners and i know a lot of uh, conservatives and republicans that are too and so at the end of the day um we have this tendency to generalize about each other as a species and i wanted to kind of uh, talk about all that <clears throat> and explain how the times have changed you know i remember uh seeing this meme and it reminded me that it was a meme and it showed all these kids in high school um at shooting practice on a range at the school and that you would literally bring your rifle into school and then go shoot at PE time. And then you would go put your gun away afterward. Um, and I was like, wow, times have changed, you know? Um, and then even when I was in school, um, I graduated in 1992, which I know seems forever ago. And it was, <laughs> but, um, but the, at the end of the day, um, I remember all of the 4-H kids, all the good old boys, all the truck uh, hill, hicks and hillbilly types, cowboys, you know, and I liked a lot of them. Um, but they 
they had rifles uh, in their vehicles, in their gun racks. You know, that was a thing. It was like a kind of like a status symbol, if you will, you know. And um, <clears throat> nowadays, because of all the school shootings, because of 9-11, because our, our culture is becoming uh, more evolved in a lot of ways, <clears throat> it's also becoming uh, weak in a lot of ways, too. And I think that's where the... Hang on a second, guys. Sorry about that. I have, I'm drinking coffee here and I've just got all this stuff in my throat from, you know, winter. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is that, uh, we as a species, um, we're evolving in a lot of ways. Um, but then you get a lot of backlash from conservative culture that things were getting too weak. We're getting too soft. We're becoming soft and weak and, um, it's, it's manipulating people into sissies, if you will, right? And in, in, in a certain aspect, maybe they're right, um, but in another aspect, they're not right. And I wanted to go, go over that. Um, but getting back to my, what I was saying is that, uh, you know, we used to uh, gun culture. And, uh, you know, when I was a kid, um, I was a junior NRA member. My grandfather taught me responsible gun ownership, responsible shooting. And, um, he taught me, you know, how to use and handle myself with weapons. And then, of course, that carried over into my military experience. And so even when I got out of the military, we used to go shooting all the time uh, because most of my friends are veterans. And so that got me thinking about how our uh, how our society views guns in general. Is that we've in, in a lot of instances, people are just turned off by them because of all the school shootings, because of all the senseless violence in our society and um even when you look at the nra um they used to be really um all about sane and uh, responsible gun ownership they they taught sensibleness to be sensible to you know nowadays the, the unfortunate problem is that the nra um used to really advocate for balance you know sensible gun ownership common sense uh, solutions, but as there's been uh, political agendas and whatnot, uh, we've become a society of you're either all in or all out, and there's no nuance to any argument anymore. It's either you love guns or you hate guns, <clears throat> and I think there's, you know, the truth uh, uh, is that our our life and our society deserves more nuance than that. We are a society full of nuance, and so I don't think uh, the problem can be solved with all in or all out. It's a little bit of all of that. And, and so when I think about um, nowadays with the NRA, uh, they've gotten to the point where, um, you know, gun lobbies uh, are, is a multi multi million dollar industry. And so these gun lobbies lobby in Washington to allow uh, guns to get sold and uh, you know certain restrictions to be lifted etc 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 and what that does is it strengthens a gun uh, culture and and unfortunately what it also does is increases the likelihood that the wrong people end up with guns in their hands and end up doing something insane right <clears throat> and so the problem is is that the NRA no longer sees themselves responsible for teaching society uh, common sense gun practices, you know, like it did when I was a kid. 
And while we can sit there and argue about their agendas and whatnot, I really don't want to go there. What it really boils down to is we're becoming a society of um, push and pull. Uh, you know, uh, we're really becoming a society of Republicans versus Democrats or conservatives versus uh, liberals. And unfortunately, that's a hyper simplification because when I see uh, uh, our society today, it's like there's no there's no, there's no nuance. We can't have nuance anymore. And so what happens is, um, you know, because like, for example, with myself, I believe that we need to have common sense gun solutions where we don't we don't need um, military style assault weapons in our streets. Um, that's the whole problem with the whole Kyle Rittenhouse thing. And you may disagree with that, and that's okay. You know, I'm a veteran. I'm I'm a proud gun owner myself, although I don't own it any anymore. Um, <clears throat> I I don't feel the need to have them. Uh, I, I would if I needed them, um, but. At the, at the end of the day, no matter where you lie on the issue of gun ownership or, or violent sports for that matter, um, there's more nuance there than most of us, uh, like to acknowledge. You know, because at the end of the day, um, uh, take football, for example. Now, my stance on football is this. I don't believe, because it's a multi-million dollar industry, um, we kind of drag our heels when it comes to the safety of the football players. And so what happens is, is that we're perpetuating a problem. And that problem is, is, um, uh, uh, brain damage and, 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 and mental health problems with football players after their career is over. Right. And that's the big elephant in the room. And so what happens is, is that usually <clears throat> two camps end up uh, popping up from that. And that's the, the people who think it's fine and the people who don't think it's fine. But then like myself, I tend to believe that, um, it, you know, while football players and MMA fighters and boxers and anybody engaged in, um, heavy duty or aggressive or violent sports and activities, um, they're putting themselves in a position as professionals, so on the one hand, I believe they have the right to do that if they so wish. Um, on the other hand, there's that other implication of how do we protect people uh, from these uh, awful mental health uh, and disabling uh, conditions brought on by traumatic brain injuries, right? And so, yeah, uh, and that and that goes into a lot of other different categories as well. We started talking about uh, the military, for example. Um some people think when they think about the military, they think that um, it's an all or nothing thing. They, um, I mean, for example, um, I've been as, on Facebook and on Twitter, I've been called a baby killer before simply because I served in the army. And yet I've never had to use a weapon uh, in wartime activity. Right. And so um, my friend, she was like, well, that pisses me off, you know, um, and yeah, you know, but the thing is, is that I didn't get upset by it because I know that they mean well. I know that they, um, they're just ignorant. They're ignorant about what the military is and what the military does. And I always say, um, don't hate, uh, the player, hate the game, you know, because at the end of the day, um, I don't hate, uh, football players for playing football. I don't hate MMA players. 
uh, for fighting. Um, I think if you want to go do something in your life and you're skilled and you can take the, the proper precautions that you have every legal right to do whatever it is that you want to do, you know, um, but at the end of the day, we also want to prevent uh, two things. We want to pre- prevent uh, injury, especially uh, injuries that um, are, are debilitating, where a person doesn't recover from them. There's a lot of football players who have died and had severe mental health problems because of traumatic brain disorder, right? And so while we want to uh, protect these players, we also want to keep uh, keep freedom alive right and so that's where it becomes all politicized uh, whether it be sports or the military is that uh, the right wing in our country uh, believes in freedom be damned the the consequences and and you know that that brings up a really uh, interesting subject because i mean think about the opioid crisis for example on the one hand um if you want to kill yourself with booze or drugs or whatever, I believe, and I'm a progressive, but I believe if you want to, you know, hurt yourself or harm yourself, you have every right to do that. You know, that's kind of where I believe in freedom in that sort of libertarian kind of way. Um, but at the same time, I don't want people turning into addicts um, because they're unaware of the consequences. So in other words, I believe there's this fine line that we have to reach in our society between uh, violence and peace and between freedom and restriction. And where you draw that line, depending on the issue, is very complex, you know. And so I see now uh, a society that's becoming all one thing or all the other. And I believe that there's just too much nuance in life to be that way. I mean, you know, take myself. I am a progressive. I am quote unquote liberal. Um, but that doesn't mean that I wake up every day thinking like uh, the woke mafia. You know, I'm not about cancel culture. I believe in freedom. I believe even people should have the freedom to do things that may or may not be, uh, harmful to themselves, you know, because you have that freedom. But, at the same time, I also believe in safety and I believe in awareness. And so I want to be able to create a culture that's educated enough to make good decisions, but free enough to do what they want if it goes against uh, the advisement of professionals or if it goes against uh, common sense, uh, you know, and safety. So that's where I lie on this because it's a really tough one to, to say because on the one hand, you want to live in a culture that's free enough to do what we want to do, but also that's safe enough to have certain uh, guardrails and restrictions so that we don't um, create a society that's overly uh, aggressive or overly violent. And so getting back to um, the gun thing, <clears throat> like I said, you know, that meme where kids were uh, had rifles at PE class in high school. You know, that sounds perfectly reasonable to me. Um, but I grew up in a time where, um, you know, this is pre-9-11 and uh, pre-school um, shootings. Not that it never happened, but it was very rare in those days. 
Um, we now are in a society um, where we have to be very careful about mental health. We have to be very careful about um, uh, weapons uh, because uh, I don't know what changed. I, I feel like maybe our not our our values changed, but also our politics changed, and so. Here we are in a society now where um, we have to be very, very careful now about uh, weapons of, of destruction because uh, there's just too many people falling through the cracks who uh, don't learn, uh, <clears throat> you know, common sense uh, gun practices. And so people are bringing uh, weapons to school, uh, and a lot of times that's ending in uh, violence and death. And that's really awful. And so... How do we tackle these problems in a nuanced fashion where it's not all black or all white, but we're able to attack all the, we can tackle the, the, the hardships because on the one hand, we want there to be freedom, but on the other hand, we want there to be safety. And so I think that's what our society really is becoming right now. Every issue that you see that is left versus right, that's been politicized in some way, all the wedge issues in our culture um, seems to be um, safety and restriction versus freedom to be oneself, right? And um, I guess because I grew up in the old school ways, um, there's a part of me that believes that hunting, uh, that that violent sports, that all this stuff should be allowed in a free society, you know. <clears throat> but on the other hand, there's a part of me that believes that our culture has changed, that we are not the same as we used to be in the 50s. We're not even the same as we used to be in the early 90s when I grew up. And so I don't want to blame, um, I don't want to, I don't want to uh, punish kids growing up nowadays uh, simply because there's a few bad apples out there, right? And so I feel like this is a really, really nuanced subject that requires a lot of thought. And so um, I got to just thinking about all of it. And um, so, you know, where I come down is my favorite sport uh, is baseball. And, um, you know, for the longest time, uh, every time there, every winter when there was a, a Super Bowl, <clears throat> I always said, you know, football is a violent sport that's Football creates too many traumatic brain injuries, and that football uh, is for people who don't appreciate nuance and subtlety, right? It's the anti-intellectual sport. I used to go rail on it all the time. And um, the truth is, is that I have a soft spot for football. I grew up watching it with my grandpa. And so uh, I, I finally started softening on that. I was like, Brian, don't. Don't turn this into a wedge issue. Don't turn this into um, an all or nothing thing. <clears throat> you know, because like take uh, vegans, for example, like I have nothing against vegans. I think actually if I could help it, I would rather be a vegan than not be a vegan simply because I want to preserve as much animal life as possible. Um, and so there's a part of me that believes uh, <clears throat> that we really need to, um, I totally lost my train of thought. Hang on. Anyways, I sort of lost my train of thought there, <laughs> but the point I'm making is that we're trying to create a balance in our society between hard and soft, between empathetic and sociopathic, 
between cruelty and compassion, and between responsible and irresponsible, and between uh, inner toughness and inner weakness. You know, so where do we draw the line, you know? And that's a really tough one. Um, and so, yeah, I come down the line of personal freedom is important to me, um, but also whatever we can do to sort of mitigate the problem, I think we should. And so I believe that violent sports, uh, anybody who wants to participate in a violent sport should be allowed to, and they know the risks. But at the same time, I want to be able to, uh, you know, keep those people safe as much as possible. You know, we want wrestlers to have headgear we want uh, football players to wear helmets we want those helmets to be as safe and as effective as possible right and so we want to um, decrease the um, the bad outcomes as much as possible and uh, increase the good outcomes as much as possible and that's where i stand on everything and so like talking about baseball the reason why i like baseball is because it's nuanced, that it takes um, hand-eye coordination, and that it's a non-violent sport. Well, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> uh, every once in a while, a fight breaks out, and uh, I can appreciate that. I'm not that wimpy. But um, but when you see the, um, the way, like, for example, when MMA culture was becoming so, so popular, it was really, you know, for lack of better words, it was creating a culture of douchebags. And I have nothing against MMA. And I, I really do believe it is a wonderful sport. It takes a lot of um, skill and finesse uh, to do it. But at the same time, they're pounding each other's faces in. And so I don't have a problem when people do that to themselves because they have every right. You know, those people are professionals. They're trained. Just like a soldier, they're trained professionals. They know when it's appropriate and when it's not appropriate to use their weapon, or at least they should, you know. And so um, <clears throat> I, I I do believe, though, that um, unfortunately everything is getting politicized. And the reason why it's getting politicized is because um, everything is becoming uh, a matter of lobbyist dollars promoting a certain agenda in order to have a certain outcome. And so what happens is, is that all nuance gets lost uh, in the pursuit of lobbying dollars, turning that influence into mentalities that uh, protect certain rights and, and protect certain laws. And so what you have with like, for example, the gun lobby is you have this entire culture of, of lobbyists trying to get as many guns out there as possible and to create as many freedoms with guns as possible. And while I would normally agree with that, um, the problem there is, is that we don't have the same sane and rational and practical culture that we used to have. And I don't know why that is. I don't understand it. Um, because I don't believe our culture, I don't believe kids today are any more violent than they used to be. Um, I don't believe people are... Uh, any dumber than they used to be, but then again, maybe they are. Um, I think what it boils down to really is a matter of um, a combination of we've, we're becoming more politicized. We're becoming more uh, divided. And that political division, that socio-political division is what is really informing us on all of our attitudes. And so if you watch Fox News, you're an anti-masker. 
you're an anti-vaxxer, you're a um, pro-gun, pro-religious person, right? I mean, in most cases, not always, but that's the general rule. Whereas if you're a Democrat or a liberal, well, obviously you're anti-gun, you're, you know, anti-opioid, you're anti um, anything that's going to hurt any people. And then that creates all this fighting between two camps, those that believe in freedom and those who believe in safety, you know, and, you know, and there's a million different ways that we can manipulate each other in those ways, because at the end of the day, um, every, we're all painting with this broad brush and we're forgetting the nuance in all these arguments. And so, you know, I just wanted to bring it up because um, at the end of the day, I really do believe that I've I've figured out what it is that is the difference between uh, conservatives and liberals. And that is um, uh, compassion versus uh, sociopathy. And I don't want my conservative friends, I don't want my conservative listeners to think that I believe all conservatives lack empathy. Um, but in some cases, what we're learning is that what uh, Fox News and OAN and Newsmax are doing is they're, they're, they're radicalizing people's beliefs, they're getting people riled up by telling them that, hey, your freedoms are being taken from you and that you're the true patriots. And at the end of the day, it's those damn liberals over there. They're pointing the finger over at liberals, over at ethnic people, over at brown people, and over at poor people. Those people over there are the ones that are creating all of your problems. Go get them. <laughs> and that is a, that is a problem, of course. Um, now, that being said, yeah, I believe that um, there's plenty of conservatives out there who understand right from wrong, who understand uh, empathy and compassion. Um, but at the end of the day, um, think about how Tucker Carlson or one of these Fox News pundits talks about freedom, talks about their rights. Um, they're trying to get everyone convinced that your rights are being taken from you and that it's the fault of Democrats Therefore, vote for Republicans, you know, and I just don't believe that's the case because, uh, you know, when I when I think about Democrats and when I think about uh, their policies, um, I would say that 75 percent of those policies I usually agree with um, because they are the mature and responsible thing to do. But the Democratic Party has an image problem. Uh, they allow themselves to be put in the position of looking weak, uh, looking anti uh, anti democratic, looking anti patriotic, um, and so that's where uh, the Republican Party and the Republican uh, infrastructure, if you will, uh, has learned how to radicalize their base by getting you to think that Democrats don't believe in democracy, that the Democrats don't believe in freedom, and so. I, I disagree with that, but the Democrats really have a problem there, and they really need to fix it by interjecting a little bit of toughness and interjecting a little bit of um, nuance. Get people to understand your point of view uh, without having to paint with a broad brush. There are nuances here. There are exceptions to rules. And so I would say, as a society, <clears throat> that we have to get this under control because on the one hand, 
um, I believe in gun rights. I believe in the, in the right to bear arms. I believe that you do have a right to, to protect yourself from f- invaders, from trespassers, from foreign invaders, from anyone who seeks to harm you. Okay. Um, on the other hand, um, I think it's overkill when we allow concealed permits to every dipshit who doesn't understand, uh, you know, how to be sensible with their rifle. And so at the end of the day, what you're getting now is a lot of uh, gun carrying people who are walking out into society thinking it's perfectly acceptable to brandish their firearm in public, uh, thus um, intimidating people around them and creating a culture of, um, of intimidation. Okay. And I don't believe that to be right. You know, when I was in the army, um, we were allowed to bring our rifles, uh, into a store, uh, but we had to, uh, put it on our backs, right? And that's generally what a lot of these, uh, people do now is they, they put their weapon in a holster or they put their rifle on their back. And <clears throat> so I don't have a problem with that in and of itself. But what I have the problem with is that it, modifies people's behavior you're not gonna treat people the same way um, when they don't have a weapon as when they do and that is creating intentional you know um, you know they're trying to get people to be scared of them frankly and i just don't agree with that because at the end of the day we want our rifles and our, our, our we want our gun carrying population to be mature, to be sensible, to be, um, you know, like Hank Hill. We want them to be um, uh, mild-mannered. And so when you put guns in the hands of people who aren't mild-mannered, you get this sort of, um, you know, you get a society of people like Dale Gribble who are all just um, a little too extreme and a little too riled up and uh, it creates a lot of extreme, uh, you know, uh, hyper uh, riled up uh, mentalities. And, and that has a tendency to radicalize people. And so now what you're getting inside of the right wing movement is not just people who are looking to increase your freedoms, but people who believe uh, in the violent overthrow of their democracy. And unfortunately, they've been tricked into a, thinking that the Democrats are trying to steal all their rights away and that's just very a slippery slope you guys you know and so while i definitely agree with conservatism in the sense that it it needs we need to maximize freedom in our culture uh, but we also need to maximize awareness and responsibility you know what i'm saying okay so getting back to that joe rogan meme where you know, uh, a tough society creates strong men, uh, a weak society creates soft men. Uh, I don't think, you know, I always say that I believe if conservatives got everything they wanted, uh, they wouldn't like the culture that they're living in. Because if Trump had gotten his way, if Trump had gotten four more years, uh, <clears throat> if they had overthrown uh, Congress on January 6th, exam- for example, I believe that we would be headed for a quasi-fascistic society. Um, too much toughness, you know, 
we all want bad guys, criminals uh, to get their uh, street justice, if you will. Everybody wants uh, a society to 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 be to justify to have justice, to have equality, to punish the bad guys. But what happens if our society becomes so punitive? You know, it's it's fine when it's not when the finger's not pointed at you. But where do you draw that line? What happens when now you, when law enforcement is pointing their finger at you? And you're like, hey, wait a second, I didn't do anything here, you know. And so that's where we need temperance, you know. Um, on the one hand, we should be allowed to have weapons. But on the other hand, um, <clears throat> if we have too many weapons, uh, where where are all the soft-hearted, gentle, mature people going to go, you know? And so when I think about our society as a whole, you know, here at Chef Bright Comedy, <clears throat> I don't want our society to be weak. I don't want our society to be um, wimpy, per se. I want it to evolve. I want it to be strong. I want you guys, my fellow empath tribe, my my um, peace-seeking uh, audience, I want all the vulnerable, uh, peace-loving people to be emboldened and empowered just strong enough to be able to handle themselves out there in the real world uh, but not so strong that we start becoming bullish or turning into bullies, etc. You know what I'm saying? And so when I think about that Joe Rogan meme, for example, I'm reminded that we we can't have, we don't want either. We don't want a society that's irresponsible or weak, and we don't want a, uh, a society that's overly punitive or overly tough because that only works if we're punishing the right people. If we're not punishing the right people and we're only punishing, you know, if we create a society where we're only punishing black people uh, disproportionate to white people, then we've created systemic inequality, right? And so that's where uh, all this becomes very political and and very, it's it's one of our biggest problems between the parties right now and, and in our culture is that I think old school people want the world to feel simpler and uh, more, uh, they they think there's too much information out there. That we're all just growing too sensitive. That we're all there's just TMI, you know. And so they believe, God, why is the world becoming so complicated, so complex? Why can't we just go back to a simpler time? And you know, the truth is, they have a valid point, you know. <clears throat> but think about uh, all of our laws. Think about all of our institutions. Unfortunately, <clears throat> the the, the unfortunate side effect of becoming more sophisticated and self-aware as a culture is that we also become more com- complicated. There's more rules. There are more, there's more laws. Uh, there are more adult things to take into consideration when forming our laws, when forming our rules, when forming our values. It becomes more compl- complicated and complex, and I think that turns some people off, you know, and I don't blame them, you know. So I think what's happening now in our uh, politics is that Republicans are trying to turn our culture, they're trying to weaponize their base to get them to think that everybody who doesn't think like them uh, is the enemy, and vice versa. And and a lot of that is fueled by um, the right is trying to get uh, 
their base to think that all liberals uh, hate guns, that they hate freedom, that they <clears throat> that the world is becoming too ridiculous, uh, too sophisticated, too woke, you know? And the left is trying to get their base to think that all right-wingers are becoming, um, you know, incel terrorists, that they're all becoming stupid, that they're all becoming violent, etc. You know what I mean? And so that's where we are. That's where we've arrived. We, we're now self-aware enough as a culture uh, where it, it's getting more complex. And we're all screaming for simplicity, are we not? You know? And so that's the problem is sometimes when life becomes more complicated, as life becomes more complex, uh, there's more things to consider and that bogs us down, that bogs down our brains. You know, uh, just by preparing for this show, I wrote all this stuff like this, 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 and all this. <clears throat> and in doing so, I actually overcomplicated it. I was like, oh God, I'm just bogging myself down. And so I actually decided, you know what? I have it in my brain. Screw it. You're fine. Just go record your show, Brian. <laughs> uh, because at the end of the day, uh, when we bog ourselves down with too much information, we have a tendency to overcomplicate what's very, very simple. And on the other hand, <clears throat> if we don't take on the issues in a nuanced and mature and balanced way, uh, we're going to become a society that's overly harsh, overly punitive. Um, I love freedom. In fact, I think we should all fight for freedom. But where do we draw that line, you know, between freedom and safety? And and that's where forever and ever and ever we're probably going to disagree, you know. And so it's a it's a really complicated subject. So, you know. And so at the end of the day, um, where I come down on everything is finding that balance between uh, responsibility and safety and uh, perpetuating, you know, freedom and uh, what I call, I try to look at everything as best practices. I learned that word in retail uh, when, when I was working at Target. The, we, that was a common term uh, in everything that we did is that we were looking to create best practices. And so that's what our society is trying to achieve essentially is best practices. Um, just that how we get there seems to change depending on who you uh, talk to. And the more frustrated we become, the more divided we become as a culture, uh, the more we become uh, more enraged by our opposites and the more we become aggressive, hostile, and sometimes violent as a result of that, you know? And so I think a lot of people at the end of the day have gotten uh, the wrong idea out of my show is that, yes, we are trying to fight against um, regressiveness. You know, we are trying to perpetuate uh, social evolution, uh, best practices, um, but... I think that comes with a lot of loaded language. And so that's why um, a lot of the times you'll see that I try not to use language uh, that is uh, naturally, will naturally so politically trigger people. You know, when you start using the word liberal right off the bat, <clears throat> you're triggering, triggering conservatives uh, right off the bat. When you um, uh, try to paint with a broad brush that, all Trump supporters are racists or all Trump supporters are um, 
violent predators, you are uh, generalizing in a way that is probably unfair, you know? And so at the end of the day, what we're trying to do uh, is create a better society uh, and try to create a more educated society, uh, but in a way where we can still enjoy our freedoms. And um, and that's just the unfortunate problem is that our society has become less free. Our society's become uh, less carefree. Our society's become more complicated and complex. And it's just turning off a lot of people, left and right, you know? Because at the end of the day, we want a society where I wish we still could. I, we want to create a society where we could still take our uh, rifles to school uh, for a target practice class, for rifle shooting class, um, without that becoming um, a, an issue. But we don't trust people like we used to. And that's the unfortunate part is that as bad apples, you know, you know the old saying, uh, one bad apple spoils the bunch. Um, you know, the reason why that is, is because if you see one bad apple in a bunch, you know that the, the likelihood of another one going bad is going to increase. And so what we have to do in our society is somehow, somehow find a balance, you know. Um, and that's what I try to teach here is that, yes, I'm trying to fight against regressive mentalities. Yes, I'm trying to fight against uh, oppression. What I'm trying to fight against is um, systemic injustice and inequality, uh, but in a way where we can still be free. Because, you know, when you hear a libertarian talk about freedom, uh, a lot of times they mean that socioeconomically. They believe, hey, it's my money. I'll do what I want with it. And in that context, they would be absolutely right. <clears throat> Where I have a problem with the libertarian point of view, for example, I don't have a problem with libertarians or libertarianism. What I have a problem with is when people hide, hide behind things that sound right, but the, the, the issue is much more complex than that, and so it becomes a divisive topic and they're hiding behind something because when you think about the, this economy yes we want greater freedom but in often those cases with libertarians we're talking about upper middle class to wealthy white men who want there to be more freedom for them to get wealthy and what that requires is a deregulation of corporations what that requires is um, exploiting and taking advantage of the poor. And so oftentimes when they talk about their freedom, they're not talking about freedom in a general sense, to do as we please, when we please. What they're talking about is the freedom for rich, white, entitled, wealthy men to go off and rig this economy in their own favor and taking away uh, the rights and freedoms of others by lowering wages, by making society more punitive, and and by devaluing human beings. And while I don't believe all libertarians are that way, um, <clears throat> oftentimes that's the case. You know, uh, just recently uh, we had that um, the hurricanes in Kentucky, and right now in politics everybody's going up in arms. Uh, left versus right because um, uh, the the senator of Kentucky 
is uh, Rand Paul. And Rand Paul, if you don't know, is the, the son of Ron Paul. Uh, they're, they're famous doctors and politicians who happen to also be uh, medical doctors. <clears throat> and um, Rand Paul has been, you know, railing against um, funding, emergency funding uh, for various places for a long, long time. He, he railed against funding when uh, there were earthquakes down in, uh, what was it, uh, Puerto Rico. He rails against funding in a lot of places that aren't Kentucky. And that uh, perpetuates that not-in-my-backyard mentality, that NIMBY attitude. Um, and so, of course, now the left is trying to uh, show the hypocrisy of now he doesn't have a problem with uh, emergency funding when it's his state, you know. And, you know... I understand that that's just politics, but at the end of the day, how, if we don't get a more educated populace, how are we going to create a society that betters anyone? And that's what I feel like is happening right now, is uh, the left wants greater freedom, or excuse me, greater safety, the right wants greater freedom, and it's easy to say, well, those Democrats, they're anti-democratic. They want to cancel everything. They want to cancel everybody. While the right, while the left is saying, well, look at those, you know, conservatives. They want, <clears throat> all they care about is Jesus and their guns and uh, they don't give a shit about uh, safety in our society. And, and so obviously, uh, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle because I know that there's going to be some extreme cases on the left that want to cancel things. And I know that there's going to be some cases on the right that want to violently overthrow the government. But those, you guys, are the fringe uh, extremes in our society. And unfortunately, what happens is when uh, politicians are trying to make their points, they often have a tendency to uh, <clears throat> point their finger at the most extreme people in their opposition's um, uh, camp, you know? And so, of course, Rand Paul will talk about how our freedoms are being denied, how Dr. Fauci uh, is, is a, you know, he's a liar, all this stuff. And all we're trying to do, you guys, is solve this pandemic in a way uh, that we can stop, get everybody uh, vaccinated and get on with this so we can stop wearing our fucking masks. I mean, that's what I want anyway. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm biased um, a little bit um, because you know, here at uh, Surviving Empathy Podcast, I I want to be a place where conservatives and liberals can all come together uh, to to agree that uh, we all require a certain amount of freedom and we all require a certain amount of safety. Um, it's just that where we draw that line is going to be different from all of us. And so, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I believe <clears throat> that uh, professional sports, uh, they have the right to do what they're doing because they know they're, they're adults and they know what they got themselves into. But if there's something that we can do to better, uh, the science, to better engineer safety equipment or to, uh, better increase the odds that <clears throat> these football players aren't going to die of a traumatic brain disorder, then I'm all for it. Um, and, and that's another thing is learning the difference between professionals who choose something like being in the military 
or being a professional fighter versus uh, regular society. In other words, um, uh, I am a trained soldier. I do not hold the same standards for myself as I would for a regular citizen when it comes to the safety and efficacy of using a weapon, for example, right? Um, And so we have to remember that in our society, when we're trying to create safety for an entire populace, that sometimes we have to make uh, certain, uh, you know, certain, uh, we have to take certain, uh, what am I trying to say? We have to create, uh, there's certain amount of things that we have to, uh, what I'm trying to say is there's a certain amount of, uh, of pros and cons that come with every good thing that happens in our culture. So, for example, um, when you take the fossil fuel industry, uh, generally speaking, uh, Republicans don't believe in climate change, that they believe uh, gas prices uh, are, you know, are fo- they don't believe that fossil fuel industry is a problem. And then the right, the left is trying to, you know, innovate and try to create uh, more green solutions. <clears throat> and so what happens is, is that we're getting pulled into different ways based on our beliefs. And, and for me, for example, I like regular gas guzzling cars. I want a, a Dodge Charger, you know, um, but I'm willing to make the sacrifice that we create a um, better, cleaner society by getting rid of uh, fossil fuels and transitioning into uh, green technologies like electric electric cars, you know? And so that's what I was trying to say is that we have sometimes, when we want a society to be in balance, um, we have to create, um, we have to create, we have to make sacrifices, you know? Um, I'm willing to give up gas guzzlers uh, for electric technologies just so long as we can create cars that still kick ass. If they still kick ass, but they're electric, hey, I'm all there. And so that's what we have to do also with everything. And so uh, the way I see it is that um, we're just never, ever, ever, ever going to get uh, uneducated people to understand the complexities of our problems. And so what happens is, is that generally speaking, and this isn't always the case, but generally speaking, um, right-wing media tries to get everybody confused and get everybody um, flustered and get everybody overwhelmed so that uh, they stop thinking for themselves, stop thinking for themselves and start thinking in generalities about a problem. And so if you can um, blur the lines of reality, if you can obfuscate, uh, you know, the, all the nuances of things, you can um, get people overwhelmed by the complicated nature of life and start getting them to um, listen to their their emotions, their gut instincts, you know, because our gut instincts are what we want. That's the, uh, that's our childlike self. That's our lizard brains saying we want what we want, be damned the consequences, you know? And so that's what they try to do is they're trying to say, never mind your mature brain. Um, listen to your gut reaction. That's who knows best. And so uh, at the end of the day, um, the left and the right, we're trying to appeal to each other's sense of outrage to appeal 
to try to get people uh, to f- just give up on all the complexities of any given uh, policy or situation uh, and simply listen to them or listen to our gut. And what that does is it has a tendency to, you know, radicalize our society. And so, um, God, I hope we can do something about that, you know, because, you know, here at Chef Bry Comedy, I want best practices to to reign supreme. You know, I want there to be um, freedom and uh, that freedom to be uh, freedom uh, from oppression, freedom from uh exploitation uh, freedom to do and say what we please uh where we don't have to worry about being uh, jailed for uh having an opinion you know uh on the other hand um we have to make certain concessions we have to make certain sacrifices in life uh, for the greater good and so when when we see this whole um all like for example all of the uh uh, school shootings and mass shootings in our society, um, it's easy to point the finger at, um, you know, uh, militias and right wing, uh, right wing extremists. Uh, it's easy to point the finger at video games. Uh, it's easy to point the finger at all these things. Um, but it's much more complex than that. Um, because I don't believe that our society uh, grew any dumber than it's always been. Um, I really believe uh, most of our issues have become uh, simply uh, politicized. Uh, and as we've become a more politically divided culture, um, we've become more uh, entrenched in our own views. <clears throat> and the more we uh, stop paying attention to best practices and start paying attention to our emotions, how we feel. And, uh, the less we're validated in our culture by society, by, uh, jobs, by each other, uh, the more loudly we scream for validation. And we get to a point where we're screaming at each other left and right, uh, to the point where we're all becoming radicalized. And as we become more emotional, uh, we become less sensible. And as such, we become, um, you know, more easily manipulated by the manipulators out there in our culture. And so who were the manipulators? Well, I would say everybody, <laughs> you know, um, <clears throat> your job, you're being manipulated by a corporate agenda. Uh, you're being exploited by your uh, boss or by the, uh, the company uh, as a whole. Uh, that doesn't mean that they don't treat you well sometimes, but they are, in, in a certain extent, trying to uh, get you to forego your feelings so for the corporate agenda. And, and their job is to pay you and value you as little as possible uh, for as long as possible f- so that they can make as much money as possible. Now... There are some companies, you know, for example, that that do a pretty good job at treating their employees pretty well. A good example right now is that uh, in the state of New York, uh, Starbucks, Starbucks uh, was having this great big uh, fight between uh, they're trying to unionize and Starbucks is trying to say, hey, we pay you great. Hey, we treat you fine. Why do you need to unionize? And um, and they're. In, in some regards, they're right, you know, that Starbucks does pay better than average. They do treat their employees better than average. Um, yet, 
uh, those who were trying to fight for uh, a union, they got their way. They got their union. And uh, I say good for them because it's not about how you're being paid or treated right now. It's it's the ability to be able to fight in a situation where uh, you lose your power. It's called collective bargaining. And without having leverage, you do not have the ability to collectively bargain for your own uh, uh, what's right for you, for your better betterment. And so um, at the end of the day, um, that's why you see uh, companies like Target, like Walmart, like Lowe's, like Home Depot, etc. all, when you start a job there, the first thing they, they play for you is a video on uh, how we don't want you to be able to unionize. And it, it always struck me funny because every time I'm in those videos, because I'm a big pro-union guy, I always sit there and go, wow, people don't get outraged by this. We're, they're just lapping this shit up, aren't they? And you guys have to understand that uh, nothing uh, makes you angry until it happens to you. And so if you're hurting, it's easy to be outraged by something. Um, but when it's somebody else, especially if it's somebody else you don't care about, well, then eh, it's fine, you know? And that's the thing about collective bargaining and why we have to become a more evolved society is that we have to know the rules, we have to know the laws, and we have to know all the little ways in which uh, society is trying to manipulate us uh, into accepting less and less and less uh, out of life, you know? And that's the pr- why we need collective bargaining is because we have to become a culture aware of our rights so that we can continue fighting for them. And so when you see, for example, Fox News, uh, sorry to pick on Fox News, but when you see a big conservative conglomerate like Fox News uh, fighting for uh, freedom and all that, stu- all that stuff, it, we're, it's not that we're against freedom, it's that we're against, uh, we're against uh, doing it in a way uh, that's bullish, that doing it in a way that exploits other people. And so, there, you know, Fox News has this tendency to say, oh, see, see, the liberals are trying to burn down our Christmas tree. See, told you, told you they're violent, told you they're predators. And that riles up their base. And the, the more angry they become, the less in touch with reality they become. And so that's how they were able to politicize this whole uh, coronavirus thing, and that's how they continue to manipulate their base to this day. And the thing of it is, is that I don't have a problem with basic conservatism in the same sense that I don't have a problem with religion uh, in its general sense. I believe that some good can come from some forms of religion. I believe some good can come from some forms of conservatism. Uh, when I was working at uh, Lowe's, for example, Anytime I needed help when I was driving a a forklift, I always got a conservative person to help me because they were, it's hard to say it, but they were harder working people than the liberals. And that's not to generalize about liberals. It just means that in that particular setting, uh, the conservative people uh, didn't make excuses. They're like, yeah, I'll help you. You know, whereas if I talk to a liberal person, they're like, well, I got to do a thing and blah, blah, blah. In other words, liberals uh, are much more nuanced people and uh, oftentimes make a million excuses why they can't do something. Whereas a conservative person 
believes in going to work, being tough, being strong, uh, being patriotic, and they it's easier for them to be manipulated, but at the end of the day, they actually um, are, you know, make better workers because um, they don't see the exploitation mechanism inherent in that relationship, you know? So, so you see, at the end of the day, here at Jeff Bright Comedy and Surviving Empathy Podcast, the reason why I called the show Surviving Empathy is because we're all trying to fight for our right to exist. We're all trying to fight to be heard and to be validated. Uh, but we do live in a, you know, sociopathic world of exploitation, of people uh, not knowing how to treat us right. And so we're fighting because we as people with empathy are fighting for a world of clarity, of sanity, of order, of peace, of greater um, freedom, but also of greater safety. And so that's the thing is that I'm not against religion. I am not against Republicans. Uh, I am simply against the radicalization of people um, who can be radicalized by deeply held belief systems. And so that's why it has a tendency to affect uh, religious or political people because that's what they care about, you know? And so, you know, at the end of the day, uh, what's the answer? <laughs> I don't always know what the answer is. You know, um, <clears throat> I would say that, uh, I think the answer starts with, um, unfortunately, we're becoming a society that doesn't seem to, um, get right until we're forced to get right. It's kind of like the man who eats, um, you know, fried chicken every night for 30 years, and then he has a heart attack, and then he's forced to quit smoking, and he's forced to lay off the liquor, and he's forced to eat more sensibly. And that's kind of what happens to us, is that America, I don't know about Canada, but I know in America, we don't learn our lesson until we're forced to learn our lesson. And that that can be said uh, <clears throat> for gun rights. Uh, we're not going to start getting uh, better gun rights until... Shit, I don't know how many people are going to have to die until we realize that we're going to have to not limit guns, but limit how uh, guns are distributed to uh, the wrong people. And that really goes into strengthening our mental health in our country and strengthening uh, our ability to get and reach people who are being radicalized in our society, you know? Um, and, and so, you know, at the end of the day, Whatever the issue happens to be, um, it's easy to fall into a left-wing versus right-wing camp, whether it be religion or politics or guns or Jesus or whatever. Um, that's how they manipulate us. And so what I would try to get you guys to do is um, try to see the nuance of all of these issues. Um, I want to live in a society where we can still have blood sport. You know, because at the end of the day, I don't think we're ever going to con completely evolve out of that desire for violence. Um, ever since the days of uh, Greek and Roman Colosseums, we've been uh, just glamored by uh, blood sport, you know. And so I don't think we're ever going to get rid of that entirely uh, because at the end of the day, we are uh, animals and we do have a, a morbid fascination with death and violence it just is what it is 
And that might offend you at the deepest level. And I get it, man. I do. Um, and so what we have to do is try, 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 try to live in a world where we let bygones be bygones. Let people that are different from you exist out there in that world uh, without feeling like that you have to change the world to suit yourself. You know what I mean? Because um, I had an episode a few episodes back where I talked about, um, like, <clears throat> say you have a racist con- racist or bigoted uh, or misogynistic uh, uncle at the at the uh, dinner table like at thanksgiving dinner right um i use that as an example of well you don't he wants the world to adhere to his narrow view of the world because he doesn't like gay people and he doesn't like trans people and he doesn't like brown people or whatever uh so he's trying to create a world uh that doesn't allow uh, various types of people to exist. He wants to create a world in his mind's eye, right? <clears throat> and so all I'm trying to say is, is that you, being a more gentle-natured person, you also have an idealized world of what you want to live in. We don't want to live in a world full of violence. We don't want to live in a world full of guns. We don't want to live in a world full of um, extremists and violent predators right and so a lot of times what we're trying to do is we're trying to attack uh the issue rather than finding the balance within that issue in other words what's the problem with the opioid crisis is it the opioids or is it the people that don't understand balance and so i believe that in a society like america where there's freedoms there's this very fine line to maintain between freedom and uh, safety. Um, and so you might defer with me in some area, and that's quite okay. That's my point, is that you don't want to live in a world full of violent, riled-up, uh, right-wing predators. Uh, they don't want to live in a world uh, full of uh, weak weaklings and uh, lazy moochers and, you know, whatever. You know, the problem is, is that we're all being spoon-fed uh, information from our various political camps and that's riling people up and when we get riled up we lose our ability to think through the nuance of that the complexity of that uh, situation to arrive at the proper solutions at the proper um, <clears throat> you know at the proper balance and so at the end of the day that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to get gentle sensitive people to be uh, more uh, empowered more emboldened, uh, living in a world full of predators and sociopaths, right? And uh, we're also trying to uh, also create a world uh, that's less violent, less, uh, you know, uh, less infatuated with uh, vicarious violence and aggression, you know. But remember, you know, progress is incremental. Um, People have a right to watch football, just like you have a right to, you know, do whatever peaceful thing that you enjoy doing. So, at the end of the day, we're not always going to like certain aspects of our society. And uh, you may feel very strongly about that, and you have every right. But, just as you don't want your crazy uncle uh, dictating uh, the kind of society that we live in, uh, remember, we don't always have that right either even if it does appear that our way is better. So, 
all I would say is uh, in our society today, let's try to, you know, see the nuance for and and try to create universal best practices for everyone and try, if you can, not to, you know, get riled up and triggered uh, by uh, those things that, that get us upset. Because when you do that, uh, you're allowing MSNBC or Fox News to get you all riled up. And when you get angry, you lose sight of balance. You lose sight of uh, the complexity that each issue has. And that's how, uh, you know, we become a society that's willing, uh, for example, to get rid of, uh, you know, I think uh, when you think about Trumpism, for example, uh, they're willing to get rid of certain freedoms uh, to become a more authoritarian and fascistic society uh, so that they can push for their uh, more forceful and more aggressive points of view. <clears throat> Whereas we on the left uh, may uh, see, you know, certain things that we don't like. And here we are trying to create a world where we're trying to push our peace loving sensibilities onto those who perhaps don't have it. And so, uh, at the end of the day, all I'm trying to do, <clears throat> really, is create a society uh, of where empaths can fight in a world full of, uh, you know, sociopaths. Because you're not going to get rid of that. Unfortunately, we're not going to. It's unfortunate, but it's just the way it is. And so, and so, at the end of the day, um, I don't have all the answers, but I want to pose the 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 solutions and i want to pose the arguments in such a way where you can you know figure it out for yourself because we're all different we all have uh the same uh desire we all have the same needs in life that's the thing that i try to focus on when it comes to politics is that right wingers left wingers uh, republicans democrats conservatives uh, progressives they all need food they all need shelter they all need good jobs. They all need uh, to be treated right. And they all need validation. And so I think we can all agree on those things. And so maybe sometimes, you know, your crazy right-wing uncle, uh, he, he doesn't always see that if he got his way with Trumpism, that one day that might work. But what's he going to do when those laws and rules start pointing the finger at him? So we have to become... a uh, a society that sees that that authoritarian, autocratic, punitive society uh, can't work in all instances because then uh, we're going to end up giving away our freedoms for a greater sense of security. And so it's funny that the people who argue for gun rights, the people who argue for uh, football and MMA and a greater, freer society <clears throat> are also the ones that claim to be the most Christian. And so I don't know how to make sense of it all, but at the end of the day, <clears throat> that's, you know, that's the world we're living in. And that's why uh, I don't try to, you know, that's why I try not to um, pit people against each other. Because when we can, when we perpetuate the, the he versus she, the left versus right, the black versus white, the poor versus rich, thing what we're doing is we're appealing to people emotionally and we're creating a society where people don't think rationally anymore and so that's what we're trying to do is so we're trying to create a, a, a more free more equal 
and more um, uh, perfect uh, society, uh, but there is no perfect solution. So there's always going to be certain sacrifices that we're going to have to make in order to achieve that. And so at the end of the day, uh, you may disagree with uh, guns. I don't blame you. Uh, but perhaps we can find uh, some happy medium there <clears throat> where uh, we can have guns in our society, but uh, we can keep those guns out of the hands of predators and uh, the mentally ill, you know, and we can uh, still have football and MMA and, and boxing and all those violent sports, <clears throat> but where we uh, can protect as many uh, athletes as possible. And we're at the end of the day, sorry, I'm losing my voice, you guys, <laughs> but we're at the end of the day. Um, uh, soldiers that we all support the troops, but we can all collectively say that perhaps uh, the idea of sovereign borders and and going over to other countries uh, to shoot bullets into the flesh of others, you know, perhaps that is a little bit archaic and a little passe. But we don't hate the soldier. We don't hate the 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 one that's defending our freedoms. We hate the game. And, and so the problem is, is that there's always going to be a certain amount of quote unquote necessary evils in our society. When we have laws, uh, those laws are there to protect as many people as much of the time as possible. And so every once in a while, we're going to have law enforcement that, you know, uh, doesn't know where the balance is. Uh, and so they exploit and abuse their powers. Uh, occasionally soldiers, uh, most of them are good people. Most of them are peaceful, but every once in a while, like in Vietnam, occasionally there was a, a bad egg who, uh, you know, maybe lost his mind or maybe the rigors of battle uh, uh, fractured their psyche to a point where they uh, became violent, where they uh, set villages on fire and perhaps um, harmed uh, innocent people. Um, but that is more of an issue of mental health with a particular soldier and the rigors of battle in general than it is uh, a blanket statement about uh, soldiers in general. Because I can tell you, most soldiers, most troops uh, are are intelligent, are are freedom loving, and and are highly trained and highly skilled to do battle. Um, but battle is a last resort. And so when you get all of your knowledge of of of, of the military from the movies and TV. Uh, unfortunately, that creates um, societies where people, you know, ever since Vietnam, people, uh, I've been called a baby killer. You know, like I said, um, uh, I've never killed a baby. I assure you that I've never killed anyone my whole life. In fact, my whole life, uh, I'm, an, I'm a humanitarian. I'm an activist. I'm an animal lover. And I'm all about preserving people's right to exist and their integrity and their uh, dignity. That's where, what it's all about. And so this is not a left versus right thing. But unfortunately, we live in a society where everything eventually is going to become politicized. And so we have to find uh, where the nuance is and find the complexity of each thing and try not to get uh, overwhelmed and bogged down by those complexities because then we just start giving up. We're like, Ugh, why do we have to deal with so many complexities? You know? That's the problem, you guys. That's why we're all nostalgic for the old days, because they were simpler times. You know, um, I miss simpler times. Uh, I miss the days where we didn't have to worry about, uh, you know, <clears throat> about uh, pollution, where we didn't have to worry about um, 
ecological problems where we didn't have to worry about climate change. But uh, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's not real. Of course it's real. Um, and so unfortunately, we're going to live in a culture where forevermore, uh, we're going to be pitted against each other based on the haves versus the have-nots. Uh, our, our views on guns, our views on violence and aggression, our views spiritually on God. Um, unfortunately, those are always going to become wedge issues. And at the end of the day, I'm all about best practices. So when you're thinking about politics, when you're thinking about uh, guns, when you're thinking about religion, think about freedom versus safety. Think about, um, you know, uh, what the best solution is that uh, gives the most amount of people uh, the most amount of freedoms and happiness. Uh, that's what, you know, because like I said, there is no such thing as a perfect world. Um, I remember when I was um, <clears throat> watching uh, the show Picard and uh, a lot of critics were like, well, I like it, but, you know, it just feels too political, blah, 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 blah. You know, and like, you know, I thought this was supposed to be a, a world that had no poverty and no disease. And why are they bringing up issues with money? I thought money didn't exist in the 24th century, blah, blah, blah. You know, um, they have a point um, because I think that's what, at the end of the day, uh, Gene Roddenberry was trying to do is he was trying to point to a future uh, where we didn't need money, where we uh, could solve all of our problems. <clears throat> but P- uh, Picard and uh, Star Trek Discovery, I think what they're trying to say is, is um, we are always striving for an idealized and altruistic society. But at the end of the day, you cannot, in a free society, you cannot force your opponent, you cannot force the opposition to uh, to agree with you. And so, therefore, a certain amount of uh, disagreement is always going to happen. And so, where do we draw the line? Um, we're always going to have to sacrifice a certain amount of freedom for, a, you know, for improvement. Uh, but sometimes we're going to want to sacrifice a little bit of uh, security for freedom. And so, where we draw that line uh, is up to you, but uh, just... And arming yourself with all the best information and, and not getting frustrated and not getting, um, riled up uh, through and getting triggered uh, through your emotions and not giving up. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I honestly believe in politics that, um, they're trying to do such a lousy job <laughs> that, um, that we all grow disillusioned, that we all grow jaded, that we all stop paying attention because when we stop paying attention is when they win. That's when they can create a society that's um, best for them. And that doesn't always create a society that's best for us. And so that's what we have to do is not get discouraged when we're most discouraged. Not give up and not give in to um, all of the craziness and all of the uh, opposition. Um, we're trying to create a society that's uh, happy and free, not for liberals, not for white people, but for everybody. And that's what it's all about. But every little issue is going to have its uh, little snafu. And so we have to get used to a little bit of chaos. And that will <clears throat> basically, that's where I'll end with. Um, when I was a kid, I was anal retentive boy. I, you know, because I grew up poor. 
I grew up with a lot of stress. I was a very pensive child. I'm an empath in training. I was a little empath in training, very sensitive. And at the end of the day, um, I uh, was very just. Um, I was just a. I was trying to control my little world, and so everything had to have right angles, and all my clothes had to be perfect, and I even had to have like the perfect amount of space between hangers, and. Um, you know, my mom was a very clean person, and we lived that way for many, many years. And in some ways, uh, I believe it created a greater organization and order. Uh, but at the end of the day, any time uh, problems or chaos <clears throat> were introduced to our life, uh, we didn't always know how to handle it. And so the point I'm making is that when I met Rebecca, <laughs> I call Rebecca my beautiful agent of chaos <laughs> because um i maintained much of that uh, clean and organized way about myself for many many years um but over time i grew to the point where i realized that um not everything had to have a right angle that my clothes they could occasionally you know hang on the treadmill that they didn't always have to hang you know they could hang on the hanger they didn't have to hang uh, up on the, in the closet, you know, I, I, in other words, I got used to a little bit of chaos, a little bit of disorganization. And so, um, what did that do for me? Well, <clears throat> it helped me to understand that this is a big, imperfect world, that chaos, uh, too much chaos creates disorder and disharmony. Uh, too much order, uh, creates, uh, too much perfection. Uh, the world becomes too plastic, too fake, uh, you know. And, and so what Rebecca really helped me learn as a person <clears throat> is, is to appreciate our differences and to appreciate uh, the value of a little bit of disorder and disarray. And so while I still don't like a dirty bathroom, I still don't like a messy room, a certain a little bit of... Uh, Disorder is okay. And so her side of the room, it's a little bit messy. Uh, my side of the room, still perfect in every way. <laughs> and so she taught me the value of, you know, that opposites attract. Um, you know, we're very lucky <clears throat> in the sense that we have the same politics. Uh, we like the same things. We like the same movies. Uh, we generally like the same music. Um, <clears throat> but we still defer in the sense that she's female and I'm male. Um, and so she really taught me, though, the value of being different, that differences are a good thing. My friend Craig, he's my best friend. Um, he is a Trump supporter. And while he can occasionally come off brash, he can occasionally come off a little bit too much. Um, I appreciate that he's coming from a different place as me because just think how boring the world would be if we were just always around people who are exactly the same, you know? Um, <clears throat> but that being said, uh, we don't necessarily want to sacrifice a uh, quality of life uh, for difference. Uh, so we have to draw that line somewhere. We have to find that happy medium of safety and freedom of uh, harmony and chaos of, you know, because I think a little bit of chaos, chaos is okay. Um, you know, I think a little bit of, uh, uh violence in our sports is okay. Uh, so long as we're doing everything we can do 
to try to protect our athletes. Um, they know what they're signing up for, and so they have that freedom. And that's where I get sort of my libertarian point of view is that, <clears throat> you know, if people want to, uh, you know, take uh, Vicodin and take opioids, I say more power to you. But um, I don't, the problem I have with the opioid crisis is that, yes, I do believe it's real, <clears throat> but for example, people like myself who have a chronic pain condition, fibromyalgia, um, it, it's gone too far the other way where now all doctors are afraid to prescribe anything at all. And so here we are. Um, I can't get the pain relief that I need. And so what would be the happy medium of that? I believe the happy medium would be to prescribe just enough medication to get the job done, but not so much that you create dependency. So, you know, five or ten Vicodin a month, uh, just to deal with those hardest, most painful days, that would be a balance in my eyes. Um, creating a society where we give corporations and give rich white people enough freedom uh, to do as they please in our uh, capitalism, but also empower the uh, workers empower the those people so that they're not exploited to create a system that's more perfect and creates opportunities for more people and so you know that's the thing i'm trying to say you guys is this world is all about that balance that push and pull that yin and yang and um if we can find a way to uh, for temporarily set set down our own uh, biases to try to see uh, the nuance of every situation, uh, perhaps then uh, we can uh, educate ourselves on those who are different from us so that we don't become just like those we don't like. We do not want to become monsters. We do not want to become uh, autocrats and fascists. We do not want to become violent predators. Uh, that being said, I believe we still want to live in a society that's free enough to drive gas cars, to play football, to watch MMA, and to, uh, you know, live our lives as we see fit. And that's what it's all about. So at the end of the day, you know, that's how many times have I said this, you guys, as an empath, you have to learn how to ignore certain things. You have to choose your battles and you have to become untriggerable and you have to block and filter because whether you're an empath or not, you are being manipulated by somebody out there and you are being uh, upset by something out there. And so <clears throat> finding a way to not uh, become uh, uh, just another statistic, because, you know, when you allow, you know, like Fox News, and I'm sorry to pick on you, um, but the point is, is that conservatives, you know, they yell and scream all day about how uh, liberals are sheep. We're the sheeple. They're the mooshers. <laughs> and they think they're the free ones. And yet, when you point out that they're becoming um, completely trained Pavlovian response to Fox News, they don't see how they themselves have become sheeple too. And so it would behoove conservatives to see uh, that you too are being manipulated. When you, you know, I like the fact that conservatives stand up for hard working work ethic. I think that's a good thing. But remember, when you're doing that, you're also fighting for corporations' ability to exploit you and to undervalue you and to underpay you. So 
with conservatives. Yes, I agree that we want more freedom. We want more, uh, you know, but we also want better jobs. We also want uh, corporations to not exploit people. You know what I'm saying? So that's all I'm saying. Uh, just using that excuse, uh, that, that example, so that people understand. Anyway, that's what I have for you guys. Um, you know, life is all about yin and yang. Life is all about balance and maintaining that homeostasis. And so whether it be uh, mental or emotional or physical, um, we're, sorry to say it, but we're just biological critters, man. And we require uh, nutrients to survive. We require emotional validation and emotional nutrients to survive. Uh, but that being said, uh, the world, we're not always going to get our way. And so we have to become a society that's just strong enough for people to become tough, but not so soft that we become weak, where we become irresponsible and where we start, um, you know, uh, where we start uh, giving too much power uh, to those who are trying to take advantage of us. In other words, um, we wouldn't want to give an addict uh, too much freedom uh, to uh, to exploit us. You know what I mean? You you there is a, such a thing as tough love. We don't want to. Uh, what's that word? I'm searching for that word. Um, enabler. We don't want to become an enabler to an addict. And so there is a certain uh, line we have to draw of tough love. So that that person understands that we love you and that's why we're trying to get you to quit because you have an addiction. Um, <clears throat> but at the same time, uh, we don't want to entirely outlaw uh, drugs and alcohol because those who don't have an addictive personality want to be able to enjoy them. And that's what we're saying is that everything in life requires freedom. But with that freedom comes a certain amount of responsibilities, and that requires a certain amount of safety and safety protocols. And so all I want you guys to think about with this episode is that, you know, it's okay to have a little bit of that, uh, you know, that vicarious need for blood. You know, we all get entertained by blood sport. We all get entertained by football and MMA. But please, just... Keep in mind that we don't become violent ourselves, that we don't become predators, that we don't become so harsh in our thinking that we become cruel. That's what it's all about. We don't want to be, you know, uh, a lot of uh, sociopaths and psychopaths, <clears throat> they're turned off by too much compassion because they think it makes people soft and weak. And we, empaths, we're turned off by psychopaths and sociopaths because we don't want to become uh, you know, too, uh, you know, too, uh, what's the word? Uh, we don't want to become too, um, we don't want to become too punitive. We don't want to become too, uh, cruel. Uh, so that's where we're at in our politics today. It's really not Democrat versus Republican. It's, it's where we draw the line of compassion versus toughness, of responsibility versus irresponsibility, of, uh, you know, of being, uh, empathetic versus being, uh, you know, uh, a little bit, uh, calloused. And so where do you draw that line? Uh, that's what I want is I want conservatives to become more empathetic. I want conservatives to be, uh, 
to understand that it's good to be a hard worker, but not so hard that we empower and enable corporations to exploit our good character. You see what I mean? So that's what I got for you guys. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I'm losing my voice. Uh, this is one big giant rant, <laughs> but it's one that uh, makes a really good point. And I wanted this to be uh, off the cuff. Uh, I wanted this to be uh, from the heart. And so that's what I gave you today. It's all about trying to create a better society and a better culture. But the only way we do that is to pay attention to incremental progress. We will never get our way. We will never never fully get what we want. We have to make certain concessions in our lives if uh, to keep the peace. So remember that in everything that you do, choose your battles wisely. Uh, but you know, you know that doesn't mean that you can't fight for. Uh, you know, we want to fight for, uh, you know, better gun laws, not more gun laws, better gun laws. <clears throat> We're not fighting for a bigger government. We're fighting for a smaller, better government, better quality. We don't need a big government if we have a small, good, you know, uh, government. So that's what I'll leave you with. Um, thank you guys for joining me. Uh, we got one more left for you guys this week. <clears throat> and uh, I'm not sure what the topic is going to be. Uh, I'm doing research on about five topics right now. So uh, you'll know uh, in a few days. <laughs> but thank you for joining me. I am here for empaths. I am here for misfits and nerds and uh, introverts and shy people. Uh, everybody who's getting their ass kicked by life. Everybody who's getting their ass kicked at work. Um, I am here to create a society that can read between the lines. That's what it's all about. So thank you, you guys. Thank you so very much for um, allowing me to be myself. I know occasionally I get a little uh, animated. I get a little passionate. Uh, occasionally I'll say something out of line, but I assure you it's to set up a greater point. I'm here to make a point, and that point is, um, you know, peace and love and uh, best practices. That's where it's at. So... Thank you for joining me. Uh, you can reach me at Chef Bright Comedy or simply search uh, Surviving Empathy Podcast. And I'm going to go uh, have a nice hot cup of coffee. I'm losing my voice and I will see you next time. Thank you, guys. Love you.